we're back. We're in. <laughs> Episode two, man. Dude, ship yourself. Episode two. Again. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of feeding off of what we did last week, where do you think we should begin, my good sir? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I think some of the some of the feedback I got yeah, last week that. was just, yeah, you know, like uh, kind of more of uh, introductory, cool. right, to what, what we'll be going over and and those sorts of things. And then, um, yeah, so I think, I think today, um, you know, let's, let's, let's do like a little brief introduction on, on some things you got. I know, I I know you mentioned some stuff, so yeah. what do you got? Well, so I think first and foremost, I love starting the way that you just did, which is just kind of discussing like the feedback that we got and how we can improve. Cause Mm -hmm. I think that's what this whole thing is about, right? It's pretty It's like just shipping yourself. We're trying out a podcast for the first time, right? Yeah. So let's just be transparent into that process, taking some feedback. People want introductions. Let's do that. Let's share it with the people. For sure. I like that. So when you say introduction, do you mean like introduce ourselves and kind of our background and and that kind of thing? Or yeah, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I I was thinking more of like topic introductions. Okay. Um, you know, like what what we're going to be talking about, but now that you mention it. Um, that was one of the feedback items I received as well. Cool. Was cool. who, who the hell are you? Yeah. So let's start there. Who, 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 who the hell are you, Dylan? Yeah. Who so you? what are you I telling guess, yourself? I guess I'll go first, huh? Yeah, for sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I put myself in the hot seat. That feels yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, right. I'm Dylan. Um, I am a software engineer by by trade by profession um self-taught right yeah self-taught um you know i yeah self-taught you know with a lot of help right there's lots of of resources and curated information that a lot of people put out there that i've leveraged so self-taught but not alone yeah i'm I'm curious because there's a lot of people that obviously (laughs) want to go down this route i mean being an engineer Mm -hmm. is highly lucrative and um on the outside it seems somewhat fun at times less stressful maybe than other jobs who knows we're about to get into that but that being said what was your what did you study in like college and what made you want to become an engineer and then we can move on to the rest yeah i mean i guess i guess that's an interesting you know backstory too right so um you know i've kind of been a nerd my whole life um you know i remember you know bricking our first uh sony vio computer that you know my dad bought and you know, I don't know. It was back in the day, you know, when computers cost thousands of dollars, right? Yeah, and right. it was like, oh, it's this cool thing that you had, you know, but it was just one of them. There wasn't, you know, I mean, I don't know how many computers you got in your house, but I think, right. you know, I've probably got 20 plus, you yeah. know, you know, including phones and smart, many, smart devices and things like that. that right. Yeah, but yeah, sure. so it was like, this was the one computer you had in your home. And uh, yeah, but, you know, it was kind of like, you know, back then, right? It wasn't cool to be a nerd really. Right. It was, right. I was kind of like a closet nerd, you know, so I made I, fun of nerds, you know? D- yeah, exactly. In, in exactly. That, I mean, that's how it was. Right. I mean, yeah. probably so did I probably at, at one point or another, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think pretty, pretty traditional in, in my upbringing, right. Just kind of, you know, played sports, uh, high school 
uh, went to college and played football. Cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, right. You have to declare a major. And I think I, right. I think my first declared major was like pre-med or some shit, which no I had way. no, you know, back then I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Right. Like, of course oh, not. No pre, pre-med sounds cool. Sure. Yeah. I'll pick that. Right. Like whatever, right. you know, not, not knowing anything at the time really. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, went to, went to college for a semester. Um, and then, uh, left college, um, to, for, a, for a girl, um, <laughs> Cool. Like, As like all, all love stories begin. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it did work uh, out though. It, it did, it did work out. Right. <laughs> She's now my wife right. of, uh, you know, 11 years, 10 years. Oh, um, so, well, perfect. um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been good. And then, yeah, join, join the military at like 18, 19 years old. Um, uh, and yeah, I was in the military for three years. I was in the army for three years. Wait, wait. So you went to college and then you, you dropped out of college, dropped out. And then you got into the military. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, go yeah. On. Yeah. I went into the military as a medic and, uh, uh, got out and there was like a, like a bridge program for like military medics. Right. So you could do right. Like military medic to nurse transition program okay. kind of thing. And it was like a six months accelerated program. So I did that. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Practice as a nurse for a couple of years. And decided that uh, I wasn't happy. I wanted to to do something that I actually enjoyed, and yeah, kind of did some soul searching and uh, and said, yeah, what you know, if I if I had to imagine myself doing the same thing every day for the rest of my life, what would that be? Right. And you know, I came to kind of like the love of computers and technology and everything like that, and so I kind of just led me down the path of software engineering and and technology and everything so yeah so i I don't mean to get off track because i i do agree with the the feedback that we should do introductions of ourselves and then an introduction Mm -hmm. of kind of what we want to talk about but i think just to kind of fast forward real quick what i want to talk about today or at least bring up is perfectionism Mm -hmm. and how it keeps people from actually getting anything done right and give some kind of stories around that uh what have you but i think what's super interesting and why I'm kind of saying what I'm saying right now is that your background is very non-traditional totally for your kind of position. So I'm, I'm curious because I can see people in this position currently, right. Where they want to be an engineer, they want to go out and get training and kind of change their career, if you will. But the narrative in their mind is like, Oh man, I'm, I'm not an engineer. I'm, I didn't even graduate college or, or something. I mean, that could have been your narrative, right? So how did you get past that? I'm, I'm just, I'm really curious, like, Cause you could have just stayed still and just been like, Oh, mm. well, I don't know where to begin. I didn't take engineering courses, computer science. Don't know what that is. Like how, how did you, how did you break through that? I'm very curious. That's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, I, I think, well, it's, it's funny cause you use the term like break, break past that. Right. And yeah. at least that's I guess, how I think about it. Yeah, no, for sure. And, but I mean, I think that's why I think it's interesting because it's like, right. It, it's almost like you have like, uh, uh, you know, the, this, this visualization of like a barrier, right. Preventing mm-hmm. you from doing this thing. <clears throat> and I think like for me at the time, and, and j- right. Just kind of trying to, you know, think back to what like my mindset was back in the day. Right. And I think the, the things, the thoughts that come into my mind are like, you know, I had a wife and a son 
And, you know, you look at, say, like traditional forms of education and, and, and professional, you know, career changes or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just took too damn long. Hmm. Right. It was like, okay, I, you know, this is, this is my path. I've got to, you know, go back to school and study for four years. And, you know, and I think, you know, based on some of the things that I was reading at the time, right. It was like, you know, that doesn't necessarily qualify you for a position. Right. Right. Is, you know, yes, you've received some sort of formal education, but you still don't necessarily know how to do the thing. Right. Right. You don't have any professional experience. You know, and so, um, you know, and, and again, right, I think also too, kind of like my background and, and, you know, just kind of being a nerd my whole life, right? Like, and, you know, kind of coming up with the rise of the internet and, and information all online and stuff like that, right? Like I knew all of these resources existed. Cool. Right. So I think, you know, the natural path to me, right, was, was very much the, you know, hey, I can just look this stuff up online, right. right? And and learn it from that and actually learn how to do the thing. And, you know, crossing the, you know, I don't have formal education or a degree or something like that, like crossing that bridge when I got there. Hmm. Right. Um and 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 there are sacrifices you need to make, right? Like my my first job as a developer was not a glorious position and it did not pay well, right? <laughs> right? You know, but it, it, you know, it's like, it was always looked at as an investment from my perspective, right? For it sure. was like, this, this is a, this is part of the education process, hmm. right? Is that was your classroom, right? That was that my was... classroom. Right. And, and I will say, right. Like, I mean, I probably spent, you know, and again, I don't, I, I don't want to say this and people think, oh, you know, you can do it in six months or X amount of time. Cause I don't think that there's really a time frame that you can put on it. Cause it's all dependent on your mindset. But like, yeah, you know, I think from the time that I spent really kind of setting that as a goal, like, Hey, you know, I'm going to switch careers and to the time where I actually switched careers and got a job, you know, I think it was probably, you know, six to nine months. Really? Right. So, so where were you working before you got your first, <clears throat> I was working well, as a nurse. Okay. And and so yeah, I had and that was kind of the nice thing, right? Is we worked three twelves. Yeah. So I right. had three twelves back to back to back, and then I had you know essentially four days to dedicate to other things, you know. And it's just it's just a a you know a process or a routine that you get into. So take take me back the what you're talking about if if I'm understanding correctly is you're a nurse, you have a wife, you have a kid on the way or a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and you're working three 12 hour days. And then in the, the four days off, you're learning how to code. And then you're taking that and then you're applying for a job. So walk me through a little bit those those days off, you're learning how to code. Like how did you, again, I can, how I would imagine just myself, right? If I was mm-hmm. to want to become a developer be like, oh man, okay, like what language do I learn, right? There's a lot of coding languages out there. Like what courses do I take? Do I take, you know, I mean, there's got to be a million different courses out there online, right, to, to do this. And which one's better, right? And which one's the best? And then when do I know when I'm ready to apply for a job, right? Like without a mentor or someone else, how would I? Yeah, so I'm, I'm just, 
How did that process unfold for you? Because there just seems like there's a lot of barriers between going from a nurse to a developer. And you had to work <laughs> through all of those alone, right? Yeah, I, I mean, and again, right? Like I, I'm, 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 I'm careful to say to not say alone, right? Because I think there's a lot of people that are in this situation, and okay. there's a lot of people that have been in the situation. Yeah, and there's a ton of resources out there written under that sort of you know, guys, if you will. Right. And so, you know, I mean, that that's really what it was like. I mean, just simply put, right. It was just research. Okay. Right. Is, you know, I mean, the most simple thing that you can type into Google, right. Is like how to get a job as a, as a developer. <laughs> and right? just following just those <laughs> just, steps, those just, seven just, steps from that one dude's medium article. Right. Yeah, just exactly. Like, I'm doing it. I'm exactly. doing it. You know, not going to deviate. Right. And, and right. All I right. mean, it's all, it's also like a breath of search as well. Right. Like don't just take the first thing you see as you know, sure. gospel and, and continue on. Right. Like you have to be able to do some, you know, competitive analysis on the information that you're, you're, you're seeing and retrieving. Right. And then kind of try to make your best guess as to which this may be the most fruitful. Right. Right. And, and, you know, simply put, right. Like I spent a lot of time initially learning Python. Right. And, why? and uh, you know because that's where, where it led me. Right. Cool. Like I had kind of dabbled in it before back in the day, you know, like in high school and, and stuff like that. Right. Like I said, like I've been a nerd my whole life. So like a lot of these concepts weren't entirely new to me. So it's unfair to say like, oh, I did this in six months. Like, you know, I've played around with technology, you know, forever. So, right. you know, it's just it's you know, it's more about the practical application of it or professional application of it, you know. And so, um, but yeah, I think, you know, after, you know, weeks or months of doing that, right. It, it seemed like the, the information at the time was pretty much like learn JavaScript and you will find a job. Right. <laughs> that, that's just what all the blogs were telling the, you. Yeah. I mean, if essentially, you know right. And I, and I think, the, job. yeah. It. And I think the market is still like that today. Right. Like, cool. I mean, JavaScript is by far the most adopted language out there. So, um, you know, and, and especially, you know, just market, just availability in the market too. Right. I mean, right. It's massive. So, um, so yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you're a nurse, you become a developer, you get your first dev job. Where was your first dev job? Yeah. Uh, super, super lucky, super awesome. Uh, had a company uh, called Order Talk, and and they did, you know. I think what was so cool about it to me too was like, it was like a a proper tech company, right? It wasn't okay. yeah. some company that was like, you know, investing in tech on the side. It was like, you know, their their product was a tech product, right? Which is you can't ask for a better position as like a new as, as a new developer, right? Like or a new engineer, right? Like that's that's where you want to go, and. uh like and for example, like the other job I interviewed for was at like a car dealership, you know, yeah, like a, like a car restoration. Yeah, and you know, yeah. and it was like kind of like a systems administrator type position with some light coding on the side, right? Which I don't even know where I'd be if I took that. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, super fascinating, but yeah, su super great environment, learning environment, small startup, right? Many many hats that you wore, and just exposed me to you know, a myriad of, you know, possibilities and different paths to take. And, 
Mm. You know, I think our, our CTO at the time became, you know, I, I, as I don't know if he knew it, right. But somewhat of a mentor to me in, in terms of like my career and, and how I chose to kind of tackle some of those problems and, and, and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I couldn't have landed in a better spot. And then again, super lucky ended up getting acquired by Uber. Ooh, <laughs> right. Okay. So that, that was a nice little boost to oh, the, yeah. to the resume and, and put me, you know, and it's all just about networking and, and, and visibility and marketing, right. Marketing yourself for sure, you know, and, and it, yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things, right. It's now that's just one thing on your resume for people to ask you questions about, you right. know? And so, yeah, it's, it's been a journey and, um, yeah, tons learned tons along the way and, yeah, I was thankful enough to to meet you along that along that route as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. And I'll yeah, definitely hit on that kind of as whenever I tell my my kind of background. I love how the the first portion of this is just like the who are Matt and Dylan. Like, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. need to happen. I think we skipped over For that sure. the first one. We're like, let's yeah. talk about cool stuff, and then people are yeah. like, who are these people? Um, yeah, definitely. But what I love about your story is that it's very much just like non-traditional and just kind of learn as you go you have this goal in mind hey i want to be a developer hey i want to do this and it's like i'll just figure it out right and i'm sure that kind of attitude then that grit has paid off in every endeavor yeah, grit grit is a good word right you're just like mm-hmm. mm, man that didn't go right but uh i'm gonna get up tomorrow and do it again um yeah enough of and, those days and i off. think i i think you know there were there were a lot of failures along the way. And I, I wouldn't even classify them maybe as like failures, but just like, um, I guess like I'll say like the, Oh shit factor. Right. Like I think, you know, I, I think for like this first six months at my, at my first job, I went to work with the expectation that I'm going to get fired today. Right. Just massive imposter syndrome. Right. Like, I mean, you know, I went from like, farting around with this stuff on my own to like actually getting paid for it. Yeah. Not a very large amount, but you know, still getting paid for it and yeah. really realizing how little I knew. Right. Like <laughs> it's like, I was kind of comfortable in my own little pond. Right. And then I just got thrown into the middle of the ocean and was like, Oh shit, this is, this is intense. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot out here. You know, and it's, I think, you know, what's the, the, the phrase or the, the line that, you know, it's like the more, you know, the less, you know, yeah, it was, it sure. was very much, very much the case. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think even one time I, you know, we had like a, our daily meetings or whatever, and I was working on something and I don't even know how long it had been since I had started on it. Right. But the, the CEO of the company in the meeting goes, what the hell are you doing over there painting the Sistine <laughs> Chapel? Right. And I'm just like, this is it. I'm, I'm going to leave this meeting and not have a job. Right? right. And so, you know, very much sink or swim. But I think to your point, right, I said grit was a good word because that's I think that's really what it was. That was the ultimate deciding factor was, you know, can you can you operate under those conditions? Yeah. Right. Just and wake up and do it again and wake up and do it again. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, before I get into my story, I just want to hit on one thing because the, the way that you, you said it was great. He said, 
are you painting the Sistine Chapel? Like, were you trying to make it perfect or something? Or like, what what, what was going on over there? What, what, I think, I, think it, I think it was more in line with like the complexity of it, right? Like, right. or just like, I mean, what is this, some crazy thing that you're going to come out with on the other side or Got some it. immaculate piece of art that, you know, everybody's <laughs> going to marvel at, right? Which, yeah. in which case it wasn't. I think I, I, as I'm talking about it, I think, I think what it was, right, was like, the back button functionality on the website, right? Like, I mean, that's, it was so, so trivial, Perfect. you know, and it was just like, and I just like, it was beyond me at the time, right? right? It was just so beyond me. And, um, and yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was like, my... are you, you going to ship the back button or not? Like, are you, <laughs> right. you building the Sistine Chapel yeah. back there? What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, so that, okay. that was cool. my Sistine Chapel was the back button <laughs> functionality for this, you know, online ordering application right so oh, i love that yeah it was yeah, it was it was an exciting time let me tell you oh man that's great so um so yeah i mean you know i think the rest of that right is just kind of one 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 win one small win after another right is right you know I've, we got acquired by uber um after that i had the opportunity to go work at, at pizza hut um and and spent a few years there Cool. And you know now, I'm at? I'm at another startup and doing some really cool stuff, working with some really cool people, you know that ha- that have done some really cool things. So it's exciting. It's it's been really exciting and and a journey. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What are the, what are these what are these cool things? Who's the what, what's the startup do? Uh, yeah, we're doing like AI, ML stuff. I think you know. Uh, I think you could look at it as like a, you know, a chat GPT um, competitor of sorts and, um, you know, using, you know, kind of, I think the terminology we throw around is like, you know, knowledge-based, you know, intelligence or knowledge-based AI, right? Extracting information from, from all of your, your content and your information, you know, your documents and things like that. So um, yeah, it's something that I have no experience in previously, right? Like I've been, you know, I went from, you know, order talk to Uber to pizza Hut, all dealing with, you know, online ordering and, you know, web, web applications, you know, tons of customer traffic processing billions of dollars, right. To, you know, this super researched focused, you know, environment with, you know, tons of complexity and, and, you know, all these edge cases and just, completely different types of problems to solve. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's challenging and it's been a learning experience and, you know, again, right. It's, it's like grit, right. It's get, you know, being put in an unfamiliar environment and being able to kind of navigate your way around it. Right. Cause I'm sure you know? there's a lot you don't know almost every day. Right. And you have absolutely, to... I mean, I learn something new every single day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, you haven't reached this point where it's like, Oh, I know all this stuff. It's just work. It's yeah. Like, no, you're like, I have no, to I figure just, out what work yeah. I have to do. Cause I have no clue what's going on. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think that's carried over to like other areas of my life as well. Hmm. Right. Just a thirst for, for learning and yeah. knowledge and, and respect, I think too. Right of things that <laughs> no unearthly idea about, right. Right? right? And just just scratching the surface of some of those things, 
right, is just absolutely fascinating, mm. you know? So, yeah. yeah. No, I love that. So just to read this last job, would it be appropriate to say it's kind of like the internal Google for the enterprise with some AI capabilities to it? So I can search through things and it knows like what I, what I want and can, it's like this generative kind of AI for internal search. Yeah, not not so much generative, but yes, I think for the most okay. part, yeah. Yeah, I think that's an accurate statement. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so enough about me, brother. Okay, all tell right. Me, tell me about Matt. Yeah, I was trying to postpone this as long as possible. Yeah, I know. You I put think. me in the hot seat and we're 24 <laughs> minutes in, so your, your turn, buddy. No. <laughs> no, see, I know, no. I know the little I know of your story, a little, I think I know, I know a bit, but absolutely fascinating and totally different than mine. And yeah, I, so. I think they, they share a common thread, which is for sure non-traditional routes and kind of saying, Oh, that's how the system works. I'm going to go outside it and figure it out myself. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'll start by saying that how I probably shouldn't have even ended up in college to begin with. The... <laughs> <laughs> like all good stories start. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so in high school, I was just big into sports. My main thing was football. And so living in Texas, I was, obviously that's a religion here. Yes. And I played quarterback, so that was fun. Um, and... I spent most of my time just kind of training and then I, I got decent grades, but I didn't take any crazy AP courses or do any of that stuff or wasn't in the top 10%. Or yeah. It wasn't, wasn't about the academics. Yeah. Right. It wasn't a priority, right? It was mm-hmm. just like, Oh, I'll do what I can to, you know, make it through. I'm not dumb, but I'm not going to put, you know, prolonged effort towards it. Right. So, uh, was hoping to get a college scholarship to play football my senior year. Um, I had a few kind of scholarship offers uh, that were on the table, but I ended up getting injured. I got an ingual hernia like right before the first game my senior year, and it was it was terrible. Um, not only did it hurt insanely bad, like every time I was running, I was just crying basically. But all the the scholarships are like, oh, we can't see you kind of play your senior year, at least the first few games. Like, mm, rather not. So that hurt pretty bad. Um, that's challenging. Yeah. It was not fun because I, it was kind of an identity crisis at sure. I don't know, 16, 17. Right. Like, right. I am Mr. Football. What do what, what do I do? <laughs> right. Yeah. If I what can't is, do this, what do I do? I? And who am yeah. I? Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I've always kind of been that person that, like I said, not intentionally, but singular focused, right. I just knew I wanted to play football. So I put all my energy towards right. it. Like, I do one thing and I do it really well. That's just seemed like it's a goal. Yeah. I didn't, like I said, I didn't think about it. I didn't philosophize about it. I just, that's how it happened. Right. So, uh, I think there was a period, of maybe a number of months after, cause football is in the fall, I guess. Right. And so the end of school was in May. So there was a few months which I was down. I didn't know what to do, but, um, I don't know how this came about, but whenever I was, um, before I moved to Texas to play football, I threw the javelin in the off season in New Mexico. And if for people who don't know what that is, it's just like this long spear. Right? Spear, yeah, yeah. three hundred style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, go Sparta. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is Sparta. <laughs> so I would just chunk a spear because it seemed like, oh, I would work on my arm strength and it seemed fun because I was throwing football all the time. So I was pretty decent at it. And I think it was this young ignorance in the fact that I just didn't know enough to know anything really that I was like, hey, what I'm going to do is just chunk this thing as far as I can, measure that out, and then email all the top university track programs in the nation and just tell them how far I'm throwing it and if they're interested. So so real quick, was this something you, you said like, hey, I'm going to measure this, I'm going to send it out. Who yeah. who instigated that? Was that Was that your idea and something you did on your own or was that – did you have like a mentor or somebody guide you through that process? No, I, I didn't really have a mentor. I mean, my parents have always just been super supportive, right? Yeah. I mean, my dad and my mom have always just been like that the kind of uh, parents are like, whatever you want to do, like we're on your team, right? Tell us how we can help kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think whenever I, I probably pitched the idea of like, hey, instead of football, I'm going to get a track scholarship. You know, I think most parents would be like, dude. Probably not. You know, I don't think they ever said that. I think they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, you yeah. are. Like, what do you, what do you need? And I'm like, let's I, do it. I need a javelin. Um, and so I remember I worked in, in college part-time at Lowe's in the garden section. Uh, I think I saved up some money and I bought a javelin, probably got some help from the parents too. Um, and then I just started going on the weekends and just chunking it. Right. Just like, Mah. and then I think my dad would go out there with me, right. And help me measure and, be like the person there who just encouraging me to keep going. Um, and I mean, looking back on it now, I mean, it just seems kind of, kind of stupid, but, um, very, very awesome. Right. I mean, yeah. What an I mean, I think, dad. I mean, just hearing that, right. Like that sounds very, I don't know, mature grown, right. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I'm just going to take this spear and throw it down the field. Like, yeah. And, and, and again, I think it was just this, this youthful confidence and like ignorance as to like how the real world works. Yeah. You didn't right? know any better. I didn't know any better. Yeah. I was just like, Oh, I didn't get the football thing. I bet you I'm, I'm better than other people at this and I can get a scholarship. So then I emailed all the top universities. It was Arizona state, LSU, and then Texas A&M had, had just won like the national championship in track and field. So I, e- I found all the track and field, like throwing coaches online, I emailed them. And I remember I was going back and forth with the Arizona state head coach and, uh, or their, um, throwers coach. And then I emailed Texas A&M and A&M had a, a track and field coach at the time. We called him Chico. I think it was, his real name was Juan de la Garza. Uh, okay. and he won like the, was like represented Mexico and like the Olympics and javelin and got like, yeah, so he's a badass. Yeah. Just like absolute. It came over to the United States, didn't know any English taught himself English because he went to A&M and taught himself English while he was going through the courses still ended up passing. Right. Like just the dude Figured is the out. definition of grit. Right. Just like, yeah. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, so I emailed him. I told him, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm throwing this far. And he's like, cool come up for a visit. I was like, all right. And so, uh, I remember drove up for a visit. I, I had the flu where I got sick and I was like, man, I have to go to this, this visit. So it was me and my dad that drove. I remember when I got there, I was like, all right, dad, 
wait in the car. I'm going to go do this visit. And he's like, all right, sounds good. And I remember meeting Juan. He's like, where's, where's your parents? And I was like, oh, my, my dad's in the car. And he's like, well, he, he can come too. And I was like, I, I know, but like, it's just me, you know? And I think he was kind of puzzled because all these like kids who show up to this, they like, they need their parents. And I don't know. Right. I, it, was, it was kind of a thing. But then it was I like an up. independent thing to you, but to him, he wasn't used to that. Right. He was just like, huh, that's, that's new. Um, but I, I remember getting my dad. I'm like, yeah, yeah, come, come join on this, this visit. So they just kind of wine and dine me, if you will, take me sure. around, show me all the fancy they facilities. Yeah, telling me how many national championships yeah. they got and how they're going to get another one the next year and meet sure. all the coaches and all that stuff. So at the end of it, I wasn't feeling good, right? So I remember taking some like pre-workout um, because I'm like, I'm going to throw for these guys, right? Like they have to know how far I throw. And I'm like, this kind of stinks that I'm sick and I have to throw when I'm sick, but like it is what it is, right? So I remember getting all kind of like psyched towards the end of it. I'm like, I got to throw. So I mentioned to him, I'm like, all right, so... I'll go get the javelin because I packed my own. I was like, oh, and then I'll throw for you. What do you want me to throw? And he's like, oh, no, man, you, you don't need to throw for me. He's like, I know I want you. He's like, we'll send you a letter of intent. And he's like, and yeah, come join. And so huh. I was like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, no, cool. So I'm feeling sick. I'm a little hyped on, you know, uh, pre-workout. I remember getting back in the car and I think for like the first 30 minutes, like there was just no talking. Right. Because I was just, just so kind of a in shock. Disbelief. Yeah. I was, yeah. And then me and my dad so, and each other were like, did it really just go down like that? So let, let me, let me, I want to digress on this a minute because I yeah. think what, what's super, because I, I, I can, I can relate to this, right? Like I sent out my film and, and stuff, you know, for football and everything right. by myself, right? Like, and not that my parents didn't support me, they absolutely supported me, right? But they didn't know, right? Like that that's a process in and of itself, right? right. Like that's a, sure. there's lots of things and there's lots of services dedicated to that. But if you were to put yourself in Chico's shoes today, <laughs> yeah, right. Because I, I think like at the time, right. You're probably going how, why, what, what, right. how, right. Like you're just, you're in kind of disbelief of like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Right. But like, as you're telling the story now and just for me, right. Like I think, if you put yourself in Juan's shoes, do you or uh, Chico's shoes, right? Do you think that? Do you see why he did that? So I I've thought about it a little bit, and yeah. my hypothesis is this dude was you know the best in his nation at his craft, right? And so him seeing me, I think what he saw is he's like this is someone who is very independent, who's very um, outgoing, and who's very much like he looks like an athlete. He can throw. I don't really care. I He has enough of the ingredients to where I can mold him into who I want to mm-hmm. be, right? And I'm a good enough coach because I, you know, I'm one of the best that I can do that. So I kind of saw it, or at least I still see it, it from that kind of angle as in like, yeah, I I had the ingredients, willingness to learn kind of put myself out there, obviously just email him and just be like, Hey man, I'm, I'm good. Like, dude, like, can I come visit, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I think he's like, all right, this dude, let's I, see I, what he's got, you know? Yeah. Can, can I teach him how to throw it? Yeah. I, and I, I think de- definitely agree. And I, I, I think too, like putting myself in his shoes, right. Like, and he, even today, right. Right. Like reflecting that on, uh, reflecting on that, like as a father, as a coach, 
whatever, right? Like the the display of character that you put on during that short little visit and even leading up to the visit, right? Like sending out the emails and the and the measurements and all the all these things, right? Like that's intense, man. Hmm. Right. Like that's I don't I don't think everybody does that. Right. Like you're you're kind of weird for that. Yeah. In a good way. In a good way. Right. But no, seriously. Right. Like, I mean, like you said, right. Like, like even his reaction to like, Hey, where's, where's your parents at? Right. And you're like, Oh, he's just in the car. Right. Like, and it's just, yeah, I I think a lot of the things that you went through, not knowing it at the time, right. Because you didn't know any better were like exemplary displays of character Hmm. in so many ways. Yeah, right. like if a young man, right? I mean, you think I mean what? Were you 17, 18 17. years old at the yeah, time? Yeah, for sure. Like that's that's pretty impressive, right? Like not not many people, I think, at that age have have that sort of character about themselves. And and I think maybe, maybe you're right, man. Maybe that's why he's just like, let's just give this dude a shot, right? Right. And I mean, um, I mean, because I, I I do think you're right, because like, I think when I look at your perspective, I think I think you're right, right? He's he's, he's probably looking at it as like. I don't need the best. I need people that I can work with. Right. And we take that approach in business too. Right. right? For sure. And, and, and that's the thing, right. Is it's, it's not necessarily about, you know, your pedigree, where you came from, all these things, right. It's like, can I work with you? Right. Does he seem coachable and everything else? Right. And and I, and I think one thing too, right. Is it, it is still a team sport, right? Like there's, there's team aspects associated with that, right. And the training and, you know, especially, you know, in some of the, the, especially the track events and things like that, right? Like he not only has a responsible to recruit individual people, he does. He also has a responsibility to build a team that can excel and be successful. Right. Right. So in a way you could say that he's really good at building successful teams. Yeah, for sure. So they they know the ingredients of successful teams because I mean, just to kind of skip ahead while I was there, they won three national championships in track and field. Right, which and, is really damn impressive. I mean, it's insanely impressive, yeah. right? I mean, it's basically a dynasty. Um, I mean, I, I think they won five uh, national championships in seven years or something. I'd, I'd have to look it up. Don't don't take, um, don't take <laughs> that as truth. But I right. mean, it, it's something ridiculous, so, right? Some and absurd. Pat Henry won a couple yeah. at LSU before he came over to AM. So the dude just knew yeah. how to build, you know, exemplary teams. Right. Um, and I mean, it, it was, it, dude, it was such an experience. The people that I hung out with in college, I mean, dude, I got to hold gold medals, right? I mean, people were winning gold medals and like, they, <laughs> these are the best in the world at their, their craft. Right. And like long jump or the four by one. And it's like, oh my God, like you got to see these dudes work out all the time. You got to see how they thought about things, how they lifted, how they approached life. I mean, it was really, it was an amazing experience. And I was mediocre at best. And I think at best is maybe a little, give me a little too much credit. <laughs> um, but, but just I mean, happened the to be there. I, yeah, I just happened to be on the team, right? And was happy to be there. But the, the dude that I threw with, um, Sam, he ended up wish, winning the national championship in Javelin, right? And so I got to train under that dude. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was quite, I was very much a, a small fish in a big pond in that regard, right? Um, but I mean, the, uh, the techniques and the different, all the way from mental techniques to physical techniques that I learned from these, you know, high-performing individuals, just phenomenal. But I think one of the most interesting parts of my story, at least it seems interesting to me, is that 
that's that part of my life seemed to go pretty well, right? Like I, I get kind of beat up on the whole not getting recruited for a football thing. Then I then I get into A and M, which I shouldn't have been. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. So uh, I remember that process of trying to pick a major, dude. I had no idea, right? Like, <laughs> right. No clue. So I remember sitting in the counselor's office, and I remember him looking at me, and I I think I was with my parents at the time. I, I can't remember, but they're like, okay. Uh, what do you want to do? Like, which major do you want to apply for? I'm like, um, I don't know. Like, I like working out, like eating well. I'm like, okay. What do your parents do? I'm like, my dad's a doctor. I'm like, cool. What does your mom do? My mom was a nurse. Awesome. What does your older sister do? Or do you have siblings? It's like, yeah, I have two. All right. What's your older sister do? She's a doctor. Like, okay. Well, maybe. <laughs> some sort of pre-med track or medicine. <laughs> and I'm like, sure. Yeah. Right. I like, I mean, with maybe a focus on nutrition or something, maybe was, was it. <laughs> we'll and, spice it up a bit. Yeah. Right. I don't know. And so I'm like, cool. That sounds good to me. Little did I know I knew nothing. Right. And I mean, the first, what semester, does that actually entail? Right. I had no idea. And first right. semester is like organic chemistry and extreme math and all this stuff. And it just, Oh, dude, it was rough. It yeah. was really rough. And you're not really that invested in it. You don't understand it. Right? Oh, yeah. Like to say, yeah, that oh, becomes yeah. difficult. And so I remember that one semester, the first semester, I think I got a 1.0. I think I, I barely got a 1.0. I think, I think that's in line with my GPA first semester yeah. as well. Yeah, 1.0. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember meeting, dude, everyone that I was around, even... I mean, everyone, right, was just super disappointed. And to myself, I just, like, my coaches were like, dude. Disappointed you, in you. Are you dumb? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you just, you have to be dumb, right? And the, and the other thing is they would see me, you know, during the day, like, working out and other things. And they're like, dude, this kid's got a good work ethic, or at least I thought I did, right? Mm -hmm. And then I show my report card, and I have one point where they're like, dude, you either, like, really, really stupid, or. Um, you're not trying. Like, no, you're just not trying. Right. And so, yeah. And I guess I was trying just my education background. I didn't spend a whole lot of time on it. You don't get like a Kickstarter course before you take college on like, you know, getting yeah. up to speed. You're just kind of thrown in with the masses. Right. So that hurt a lot because I felt stupid. Um, I didn't feel good. And then my major dropped me. They're like, dude, you're not worth crap. Like, we really don't want you. So, I think I got one more semester and it was, I got a little bit better. It was like a 1.5 or something. No, maybe it was a 2.0. Um, and they're like, nope, we don't want you. You didn't meet the minimal requirements for like 2.5 GPA your first year. So you're out. So because, I mean, if I wasn't an athlete on the track and field team, probably A&M as, as a university would just be Would have like, just been like, see you later. Bye. Right. Yeah. But because I was on the track team, I had like a counselor was like, all right, well, we just got to find you another college. Right. And so... They put me in, I think it was just like the easiest one to get into, was agricultural leadership and development. I remember just being like, sure, whatever, put me in there. Um, and yeah, so for the next like year or so, it was just these kind of leadership courses and learning about agriculture, which was actually really cool in the leadership courses. Like, I'm really glad that I took them, but um, continued to do track and field. And then my junior year, I ended up tearing my elbow. And I had to get Tommy John surgery. Um, and a lot of pitchers get it in baseball. Yeah, yeah, very um, common. And 
I remember going through rehab and stuff, and then I tried to come back, and I just couldn't. Like just I wasn't the same. Up the javelin again and trying to throw it, and it just wouldn't go anywhere, and just didn't feel good. And I'm just like, no, I don't know. So again, had kind of another mini crisis. Yeah. Right. Because what do I do? And then the track and field team, they're like, all right, bye. So all my friends were kind of involved in that. And then I just, it's not like they were like, oh, Matt can't throw the javelin. We're not friends anymore. But they all hung out together. They all lifted together. They all did that stuff together. And now like I wasn't part of the team. So it's like they just kept kind of sliding away, if you will. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in kind of a dark place being like, dude, what do I do? And I'm taking some like, I'm going to end up with some Mickey Mouse degree at the end of the day too. Right. Like I'm in this major doesn't matter. Or at least I thought that way at the time. Right. Uh, no one really takes agricultural leadership and development seriously. Um, and so that's about the time that I had a communications course and we had to do a presentation where it was like a persuasive pitch, right? We're given like five minutes or something. And I did mine on, oh, what did I do it on? I think I did it on, um, can you still be moral and not religious? Which I don't know if you know this, but Texas A&M is like the second most conservative Hmm. School in the United States behind like BYU, I think, or maybe Baylor. Okay. Be in the, they're in the top five. And this is an all very religious kind of classroom, right? And I'm I'm not saying I wasn't religious at the time or that I'm not now, but I was like, I'm going to pick a fight with kind of religion, right? And morality yeah. and pitch my my side of it. So I remember after that, uh, one of the kids came up to me. He's like, dude, that was like, that was super persuasive. I really like that. He's like, you should, um, <clears throat> I, I just started kind of like this company. They, there's like this, an accelerator on campus where you can like start companies, pitch them your idea and stuff and get office space. He's like, I'd, you know, come check it out, dude. I think you'd, you'd kind of like it. I don't, I don't know. I was like, okay, cool. So then I, I remember going over and it was like the first year they'd ever started this kind of accelerator within the university and you could apply for it. And I remember showing up, dude, and just like hearing about all these cool startups and how the whole process and stuff. And I just fell in love. I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do with my you life. found it. This is it, dude. I just knew it. It just clicked. It's like, yeah, I want to do this. Um, and that journey led me to basically where I'm at today, which is I decided in, in college, I started a, so that the dude that told me to join his company was called Aggie Funding. I came on as like a co-founder and we helped student organizations um, raise money from their past uh, members rather than getting money through the university because how it traditionally worked, and I assume it still works today is that all the student organizations, they had to like apply for money through like the student services org. And then they split up the money how they deemed necessary. Okay. And so we're like, let's just build a Kickstarter clone, right? For their Internally. past members to give them however much they want and directly give it to them. So you don't have to give it to the system. And then the system decides where to allocate your funds, right? right? And then if you looked into, I think it was called the 12th man organization, like the overhead was like 40%. So it's like all these dudes driving like Rolls Royces, all these old, rich, white guys, and they're just taking money from past alumni and doing with it what they want, right? And skimming forty mm. percent off the top. And it's like, no, no I don't like that. Do How this about a different way. <laughs> you can give money to whatever organization you want. It could be the chemistry department, could be 
you know, a fraternity could whatever, and we'll take a transaction fee, right, for doing that. And it'll be 5%, right? And I remember the first few months we launched, I like partnered with all of these fraternities and sororities and student organizations and everything else. And I think we raised over like $70,000 in like, you know, four weeks, right? And so dude, I was just like, this thing's going to take off. This is all from past members. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. This thing's going to take off like, you know, gangbusters, right? Right. And um, I remember at the time, when I, this, cause when I started getting into business, I was like, oh man, at least I can like, can I at least minor in business? Cause I love business. I just, yeah, I, I figured it out. I didn't know what it was before, but I'm now I do now and I know it. <laughs> and so I remember applying and they're like, yeah, you can get a minor in business. So I had a, a law professor. I was taking a law course at the time and, um, we, uh, we got like a cease and desist letter from the university being like, shut it down. We don't want to see this. And I remember being like, what? Like, I'm not doing anything wrong, right? Interesting. And okay. So I went to my law professor and I told him about it. And I'm kind of scared, right? Because I don't know what to expect. I'm like, I'm not trying to get sued by Texas A&M. What's happening? And I remember he stood up and he's like, give me a high five. I was like, what? He's like, give me a high five. I gave him a high five. And he's like, dude, if anyone wants to sue you, like in business, if you're making money, people are going to sue you. And if you're doing something disruptive where you're messing with their system and the way they make money, they're going to try to sue you. He's like, that's all this is, right? You're messing with their traditional model and they're frustrated <laughs> by badass. it. That's so badass. Try to scare you. So he's like, you're you're winning the game. You're doing the right thing. Right? Like, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is this is evidence to show that you right. are on the right path. You're doing something. Yeah. <laughs> um, Usually, because in no your cut, in your case, no one cares if you're not making money if you're not doing anything. You know. Right. Um, and so, right. That was just kind of like, Ooh, I liked the, it's an overused word. Right. But the kind of the disruptor type of thing, it's like, Ooh, I like just kind of being the, the dude on the fringes who comes in, like mm-hmm. infiltrates the system and people are, scr- you know, scrambling around, like what's going on. I liked that kind of thought process. Right. Yeah. Uh, or being that individual. So, so, so real yeah. quick before, before you joined the, that organization, what, what was the background that you had? Like, I mean, did you, did you completely go into that blindly or were you, were you somewhat aware of, of some of those, the dealings and procedures that they were going through at the time? The university? Uh, yeah. Like the, the organization that you joined, right. For the, the business and the, and the kind of the startups and the allocation of funds and things like that. Like, cause you said that the, the, that guy listened to your speech yeah. And he came up to you and was like, Hey, I think you'd enjoy this. Right. Were you, I mean, was that just something that you completely never heard of before? Yeah. No idea. Yeah. yeah so you just, never heard of it. just never went heard in of it. head first, no idea what to expect. Right. And just, yeah. When, yeah. Absolutely. So I remember it was held in like the research part of the university, which is far away from any of this certain kind of colleges, if you will. And they would have like pitch days or something. So my, I don't even know what a startup is, dude. I'm just getting into like, what is business capitalism? You know, I'm like 18 at the time. I'm like, things don't just pay for themselves. I mean, I got a job at Lowe's, but that's about, you know, it. In the right? garden section. In the garden section. Yeah, I did. I did love that job, actually. Helping all the older women pick out their, bring the mulch to the car and be like, you want the peat moss that has a surprisingly rewarding your, position. Your fruits. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, I knew nothing. And then I just remember showing up and it's these people that were just super passionate. I think it was the passion part of it that really yeah. got me 
about like their ideas and trying to like change how the world currently operated and the scrappiness part, right? Where they had no money, like these beat up offices, it was just them against the world and they were going to try to figure it out and win. And you look at the ratios and it's like nine out of 10 startups fail within the first three years. And you're like, yeah, but everyone thinks they're going to win. And it was that kind of mentality that's like, I don't know. I liked it. It seemed different. Than and they like, still go for it. Yeah, they still <laughs> yeah. go for it. They know they're going to yeah. lose and they still go for it. It's like, these right. dudes are crazy and stupid right. and it sounds just like me. These are my people. Um, and so, yeah, through that experience, the first company, I kind of, I just got the bug. And so then I loved learning about different languages. I, after my track and field days or kind of during it, a lot of the members of the track and field team were from different areas of the world. And so I got to know people from all over the world, which was amazing. And I was like, man, I need to learn another language. I need to learn about more cultures. Like this seems cool. Like just every time I'd meet with someone from somewhere else, my mind would just be blown by like, wait, you guys don't do that over there. You do this. And it's like, Oh God, like I never even thought about that. Of course. Like, yeah. So yeah, just a completely different way. Yeah. Yeah. It, It just could be night and day different. And you're like, Oh, that that's crazy. Like in France, their suburbs are for poor people, right? And our suburbs are like where which rich people live. And it, it's just, you know, it, stuff like this. It's just like, right. So I wanted to start a company that helped more students connect with students overseas, right? Because I found that as like an impactful experience. I feel like it helped me become more open-minded um, and made me more excited to learn about things, right? And it made me just a happier human being. Um, and so, yeah, started a company to, to do that. And it started off very small. Again, started off with me just not knowing crap, like about, I'm going to start a technology company that connects people around the world together, you know, the master cool, plan. Dude. Cool, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Go, go yeah. for it. Right. This is how I'm going to take over the world. Yeah. 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 Everyone's just like, this dude's crazy. We can't tell him no. <laughs> and, and that craziness kind of led it to, um, yeah, it, it ended up where we have over 729 universities in 84 different countries and their students connect on the platform. It's not a lot. It's like 11,000, I think, um, to learn different languages, to learn about different cultures, uh, to work on projects together. So, uh, the name of that company was, was class to class. And I did that for a, yeah, five or six years. And it took me all well, around you, the world. You say it's not a lot, but if they were all standing in the same room, I think you'd say otherwise. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, we talk right. about internet businesses where it's like we have half sure. a million. It's like, come back when you have two million users. You say, oh, I got 11,000 people on here. And they're like, mm. cool. Um, yeah. But I mean, it is. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a small high school football stadium filled with people. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so now... I've kind of taken on the director role and and kind of taken more of a of a back seat and it kind of functions in the background. Um, still trying to to get it to to scale a little bit, but we'll see. And then in the off time, work with you on on some side projects. Um, and then I'm the this uh, podcast. Yeah, working on this podcast. I'm the chief <laughs> growth officer for an AI company. And then um, I start a new gig in February where I'm the head of partnerships for a Web three company. Um, so I'm excited about those opportunities. You're a, you're a doer of things, if you will. 
Yeah, I just love learning and I love working on startups and I love trying yeah. to, to connect people together, right? To make it work. Yeah. That's kind of my shtick. I, I'm curious, the more, do you find that the more you mature professionally, the more uh, general some of your thoughts and opinions become or the thing, your passions, right? Like, I think well, I just want to help people. Right. Like that's super, yeah. super general. Right. I'm very much a generalist. Right. And this yeah. is very much a specialist's world. Um, sure. And so I, I, I would agree. I mean, I, I've always, I kind of just view myself as like the jack of all trades. Like I, I feel like I can figure it out. I can do whatever you need me to do. Uh, it's not going to be the best thing you've ever seen, but it's going to get done and it's mm -hmm. going to be good. Right. Um, and so I think as I, as I keep getting older, there's just so many things that I'm like passionate about or that I like, I like. And so I try to incorporate them all and that might be a negative rather than a positive, but it keeps it very generalist for me. I try to think more of like systems rather than like diving into one particular little, little niche, if you will. I like yeah. to know how the whole machine works. And, and as I get older, I try zooming out more, I guess, um, yeah. or it seems to Maybe it's not conscious, but unconsciously, you know, I start kind of going out more. Yeah, I, I think I, 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 I ask you because I think I feel that way as well, right? Like it's, I think, and and maybe maybe the difference for me is like I I care less about the specifics of it and more about maybe the, you know, the core nature of it, right? Yeah. And I I think that's something that's definitely changed over the years for me, right? Is like, I used to be very, um, very adamant on like, I want to do this specific thing. Right. And, and not, maybe not care so much about, you know, the actual core of the thing that I'm doing, right. Or what mm -hmm. the purpose of it is, you know? And, uh, I mean, just case in point, right. Like, uh, you know, working, and, you know, for online ordering services, right? Like right. at some point it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm helping sell maybe not so nutritious food to people in a country yeah. that have obesity problems. Right. Like at some point right. that becomes like a conflicting thing for me. Like, is this, is this really how I want <laughs> to spend my time? You know? So that's interesting. Yeah. And, and very selfishly, Right. I think I've always been in a position I, I've, you know, I'm, I'm in my thirties now and if I've made any money, I've, I've invested it back in things that I do. Right. So I like to tell people I'm like the richest poor person, you know, uh, cause I have no real money. I make money, but I always like put it towards what I'm doing. And, but I'm rich in terms of like, I get to do exactly what I want to do. Right. Like yeah. I have that autonomy. And I get to work on projects like, oh, connecting students around the world together to learn different languages and learn about cultures and stuff. I'm going to do that. So I spent six, seven years doing that. And I'm like, ah, I did that. That was fun. Oh, man, AI is really cool. I want to work on AI stuff. And I've just been fortunate to just like apply for jobs and talk to people and network. And now I have an AI job. Oh, man, Web3 seems really interesting and things are going to happen there. I really want to see what's going on. I get to do that. Infrastructure. How does that work? Like the back end of the Internet, I've always just been focused on kind of the front end visual stuff. Thing. What's going on back there? I know nothing about it. How can I create a 
job for myself or do something so I can learn more about that. So I, yeah, I guess I've always just been selfish in that. I just, I want to do what I want to do and I do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And again, I'm not sitting on piles of money because of it. And obviously you need to survive and those kinds of things. But I just, I have a strong feeling like, you know, the other things will click into place if you can, if you follow that path, right? Yeah. Um, but it's a yeah. very fortunate kind of point of view as well. So I understand yeah. that. I, I think I've definitely, I've definitely felt, you know, like the, you know, w- finding your, your passion or your love or, or not passion, right. Or, or finding something that you're passionate about. Right. Right. It's almost like some, some sort of cheat code. It is. Right. Like yeah. I, I think, <clears throat> I, and I, and I, I think that's where I would attribute most of the success that I've seen is, is to that simple fact, right? Cool. Because I, I don't, once you find your, once you find something that you're passionate about, I think it's very hard to find people that can compete with you on it, right? Because you'll always be that much more interested or that much more in tune or put that much more effort into it because it's not, it doesn't become work, right? Like it's just, you enjoy doing it. Right. Right. You just wake, I mean, you just come to and you're like, man, I just spent four hours doing that. Like, okay. Whereas like most people, or I don't want to say most, but a lot of people in nine to five jobs, they're like counting the time down. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. When am I going to, and in the, the time in which they enjoy is the time that they're off the clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's anything that you're working on where you really enjoy it, that like next thing you know, you're like, man, I should probably eat because I skipped lunch. That's, like you said, that's a cheat code for life, man. Right. That's just great. And I get to do that, you know, 90% of the time. Obviously, there's 10% of stuff I don't like doing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it definitely helps. Um, and very fortunate that I can do that because I feel like a lot of people can't or don't know how. Yeah, I, I, I think too, like, right, like, I guess, I guess tying the, the introduction you know, to introductions to the, you know, the title of the podcast and, you know, the, the reason why we're doing these, this, this podcast, right? Like shipping yourself and things like that. Like I I often, like when we talk about that situation, right. Of like, you know, finding your passion or finding something that you're passionate about, right. It's, you know, what are the things that are preventing people from doing that? Right. And I think like, that's almost kind of, you know, maybe a, a result of a failure to ship yourself. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, let's take it from that kind of point of view. The, the reason for doing this is obviously I think it's become clear um, to me that you and I have won the, you know, the cosmic lottery of sorts, right. We found what we're passionate about. Uh, we have loving families and support systems. And so we get to, to do that. And so one of the purposes of this podcast for me, whether I guess it's kind of unconscious. I don't know if I've said it out loud is I just want to help more people like go, you know, find their passion and then just do it. Right. And as you said, a lot of the, to me, there's a lot of barriers between just, you know, shipping yourself. There's just this, uh, man, I'm the imposter syndrome that you mentioned. Right. Right. Or yeah, it's the a barrier. Not enough syndrome, you know, that's part of the imposter syndrome or the, um, oh, I know what needs to happen, but all 15 steps need to happen or else I'm not going to do it. And it's like, 
nope, that no, that like the full other end of the spectrum, right? Um, and so, yeah, I know that this kind of this second episode, if you will, has been more of the Matt and Dylan introduction episode, but I think it needed to happen um, for sure. So people knew who we were, but yeah, I, I, definitely the purpose of this to me is how do we help more people, you know, sh- ship themselves and whatever it is, right? Whether it be a product or a business, um, or yeah, it just I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, man, I'd love to create a podcast. I'd love to create a company. I'd love to finally present this product idea to the superior of mine. But I just there's a whole lot that comes in between that and actually doing it. And mm-hmm. so, how can we help those individuals? Yeah, definitely. I, and yeah, I, I think even you know. I, you know, and, and just the people that I send it to and, and the people that have kind of given some feedback, right? Like it's, uh, it's been surprisingly like personal, right? Like, you know, I, cause I, I think like we, we may look at it from more of a, you know, maybe a business or a product perspective or, or, you know, some sort of professional kind right. of, uh, you know, lens, if you will. Right. right? But I, I, it, it was, and it, I mean, it was partly intentional, for sure. Right. Like, I mean, I definitely thought that, yeah, I think you could apply this methodology or terminology to a variety of things in your life. Right. right? Like most right. certainly. Right. I mean, it was intentionally generic or general for that purpose, like for that reason, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, I, I think, I think it was fascinating to hear some of the personal connections with it, you know? And I, cool. I think, I, I think that's that. more important or just as important as all these other things. And I, I think at the end of the day, like that's, that's that's what they kind of funnel down into, mm-hmm. right? Is your ability as a person to ship yourself and you know achieve the things that you want to achieve or do the things that you want to do, you know, whether it's professional or personal. You know, yeah. I think I think you mentioned this on the last podcast too, right? And like you know, for for someone or for one person that might be starting your fifth business, right? right? And you know, maybe uh, you know. Uh, being scared to live up to the potential that you, you know, to the success that you've already achieved or in in other cases, maybe it's, you know, going out and hanging out with your friends, right? Because you don't want to leave the house. Right. I I love that. And I I mean, I think what you just brought up made me think about something I hadn't thought about before, which is this, this process of shipping yourself. Like there is no, like I got to the, the top of the mountaintop and now like, I'm done. Like I've, I've conquered it. I can, you know, whenever I want to ship something, you know, create something, it just happens. Right. It's like everyone's struggling with it. I mean, we're currently struggling with it all the time. Right. But it's like the person who sold four companies, they were all madly successful. There's a lot of anxiety going into the fifth one. Cause what if this one fails? Like that's your reputation. You're Mr. I do business and it succeeds. This one could fail. Right. So yeah. it's just, yeah, that's super interesting. I just hadn't thought about it before. And I don't yeah, know if I'm articulating it correctly. No, but. I mean, I think, I think there is, you know, I, I don't know if it's stated well enough or, or what, right. But I think there's definitely, you know, a, a, a cultural or societal pressure, right. Of, you know, okay, I've, I've achieved success in this one thing and now I'm going to do another thing. And somehow it has to, you know, surpass the previous thing that I've done. Right. Right. Or I'm a failure. 
Right. Or yeah, I, I, or I will risk being a failure or oh, I'm washed up or yeah. what have you. Right. And, and I think, you know, in, in some of those cases, it, you know, it, it kind of gets to, you know, I think ideologies about happiness and, you know, purpose and, and all the, all those sorts of concepts, because yeah, that's, that's not necessarily the case. And if you think about that for longer than, you know, two seconds, you'll quickly realize that like, okay, well, like how long am I going to be on this treadmill? Right? Like how, at some point it's going to be impossible to surpass every single thing that mm-hmm. I've already right? Like it's just, mm-hmm. that's just not how it, it, it works. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's, I think even in, in, in your, in, in your businesses, right? Like it's, it's hard to quantify the impact that one of them may have versus the other, right? Like right. if they're in completely different markets or, or, or areas of focus, right? Like how do you quantify? I mean, you said, right? Like 11,000 students, right? Like, how do you quantify the impact on those 11,000 students versus, you know, some product or application that you launch that has million, millions of, app, uh, you know, active users a month? Like, that's, a that's great question. extremely hard to quantify. For sure. For sure. And I mean, in business, right, capitalism, if you will, is it's based off dollars, right? Um, but I mean, something like that, it's like, if I could help a few individuals connect with each other that would have otherwise never connected, right? Didn't have the money to go do a study abroad or haven't traveled anywhere. And now they've learned about a different culture and it's made them more open-minded. Maybe they meet their future, you know, husband or wife there, or maybe they travel over there and decide to get a job there now, or maybe it's just, they're more open-minded to how the rest of the world works. And so they're just nicer, better human beings because they're like, man, there's a lot of people on this planet that think a lot of different ways or a lot of different things than I do. And they're still good people. So uh, I don't, you can't quantify that. And I right. mean, maybe there's massive impact happening, right? And I think that was kind of the ignorance going into it for me. It was just like, I just, I just want to like do that. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. If one person it changes their life for the better, that'd be freaking amazing. Right. Um, but no, I'm kind of digressing quite a bit. Uh, just because I, I agree, I, there's a lot of things where you just don't know how to how to measure it. If you yeah, will. I mean, I, I think like keeping with your like you know capitalism example, right? Like, how do you put a price tag on that, right? Like, I mean, you, you know, you like you may have been responsible for you know two human beings connecting from opposite ends of the globe that you know ended up creating this really cool thing. Right. right. And it's like, you know, can you justify that that would have existed or not existed without the existence of your your product or your, you know, your platform or whatever? No right. Idea, like it's, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have no idea. Right. No idea. And, and to say, you know, and, and then, then I think you have to question, you know, the value to them as well. Right. Like that, that may be a very impactful moment in, in those people's lives. And yeah, like you can't put a price tag on those things. No, no, you definitely can't. So. Hear me out. I, I think part of this this podcast and, and this journey, there's something unique about it. Um, and I, I think it's the vulnerability. I think it's the transparency part that maybe we touched about in the first one. Mm-hmm. When, whenever I, I see podcasts, a lot of them are just like, they're very well done, right? I mean, I talked about it. I'm, I'm in my 30s. I'm sh- I know for an absolute fact that there's some 30-year-old human beings 
probably less 20 year old human beings that have some like amazing podcasts that are absolutely just killing it, killing it. Right. And, but ours is not supposed to be that way yet. Like ours is supposed to be the journey of starting something and sharing that. Right. And being vulnerable and connecting with our audience, whoever's listening to this could just be our parents or something or our girlfriends. Um, and so where I'm getting at is I think for this next episode, because I'm going to I'm going to cut this a little short or today, you know, kind of have it come to an end, if you will, um, is based off of our kind of backgrounds and what we're going through and kind of the purpose of the podcast what are some of these areas that other people like want us to talk about? Right. One of the things I want to touch on next week is the perfectionism and how they can hold people back and some research done on how just doing something and making it a habit leads to better results than, you know, trying to make something perfect to begin with. Uh, And so, yeah, it'd just be interesting to see, how people connect with this, what are something that they're struggling with and that they want to hear us talk about and have us kind of go over that. And then segue into starting to interview some people, right? I brought up a sports psychologist that I'm meeting with on Thursday that hopefully we can have on in in a week or two Um, and some other, maybe some other entrepreneurs, right? Like how do they get going? How do you go from working a big corporate job to starting a company? I know there's probably lots of people that are wondering that, right? So that's my kind of ask because I, I love this kind of let's be transparent. Let's just try to get a little bit better each week, knowing that it's maybe not going to happen or it won't be better in the way that we want it to be better, but we'll get better in some other area. Right. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about that? No, I, I think, I think that sounds like a good plan. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, like you said, like full transparency, right? Like, we don't we don't have this planned out whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, right? But I think it's true, right? Like, I think I think we're figuring this out. We know we're we're kind of we're still digging at some ideas and and yeah. and and trying to see how they land. And yeah, I know today we spent a significant amount of time on introductions, but I think I think it was worthwhile, right? I think you know at some point, right? Whether this is the first or you know, a podcast, an episode that they listen to in the future, right? I think it was a good, you know, kind of set the stage of like who we are, what we're talking about. Um, and I, I think, I think it hopefully it helped clarify some of the things we talked about in the first episode too. Right. Right. And, um, and yeah, like, like you said, I think, I think we mentioned this, um, you know, in passing before too, right. Is like, Hey, you know, m- maybe there's some ideas or, or things that we want to talk about. And then, Right. Like you said, you're meeting with the with the psychologist on Thursday and, and, you know, tying some of those things that we talk about maybe in a previous episode before we have her on um, to kind of kind of tee it up, if you will. And I think it would just be an interesting discussion. And I'm not sure, you know, like, you know, for who she is. Right. Like what like has she ever done a podcast before? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know that she runs a very successful like sports psychology business. Right. But I don't know if she's ever done a podcast or, or anything. So that's, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Just being, I think it'd just be an interesting conversation. And I think that's, I think that's the root of it. Right. Is just like interesting conversations, right. That that we're having and yeah. And and sharing them publicly. Right. Kind of taking 
what we've always done, which is like, <laughs> hey, I like this. I want to know more about it. I want to get better. And yeah. just continuing down that path, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Cool. Cool, man. I love that, man. All right. All right. So uh, Sunday? Let's do it. All right. Sunday at 7. Yeah, Sunday at 7. Another All episode. Right, Good episode, right. man. All right. Appreciate you, man. All right. Later. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye.